and welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and I am so glad to be with you today because today my guest is Todd Pavella, who is a character designer on the new Amazon series Danger and Eggs by Puny Entertainment. And I'm really excited about this interview because I had a really fun conversation with Todd. He is a great guy. He's really funny. There's a lot of laughs. And so you're really going to enjoy part one and two of this episode. And I'm also excited because at the time of the recording, Todd was a design cleanup artist. And since recording this episode, he's been promoted to character designer. So we don't actually talk a whole lot about character design because he was promoted to that before we recorded. But we do talk a lot about what it was like for Todd growing up in Orange County, being a Disney kid, all of his different influences growing up, going to Cal State Fullerton, and how he landed his very first internship. So I know that all of you will be really excited to hear about that. And also, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been listening to the show and all of your positive comments. I really appreciate it. And also, thank you for all of the likes on Instagram and Twitter. I had the great opportunity to go to Comic-Con, oh my gosh, about two weeks ago now. I can't believe it's been so long. And I want to thank everyone for your patience with this episode. I was actually at Comic-Con the entire week, so... When I got back, I was very tired, had a lot I had to get done here at home, so I appreciate everyone's patience, but not to worry, I know that you're really going to enjoy the episode, it is well worth the wait. And I just want to say to everyone out there, if you've never been to Comic-Con, you should go. It was amazing, it was really, really cool, I enjoyed myself immensely, had an opportunity to meet a lot of really cool people, had a chance to see a lot of previous guests from the podcast, which is always fun. And I highly recommend going to Comic-Con any way that you can. Either work at a booth, get your own booth, volunteer, become a professional. I know that there's some crazy email roster line system you have to enter in order to get a ticket and then go. I know that it's nuts. I know there's a waiting list for years. However you can go, you should go because it's really, really cool. And I realize that it's changed from how it used to be. Personally, I don't know what all of those changes are firsthand as this was the very first time I'd ever been. I know that, you know, it's a lot more corporate, a lot more studios are there now and celebrities and that kind of thing. But there's still a ton of artists there. And there's still a ton of comic books there. And the panels were amazing. I went to all of the animation panels. And I have to say, those were great. My favorite one of all was Hector Navarro hosted the Nickelodeon 25th anniversary panel. It was so much fun. Also, there was a Nickelodeon-sponsored Women in Animation panel that was really good. And there was also a Star versus the Forces of Evil panel, which was super fun. We got to hear the lead actors read a script and then watch a clip from an upcoming episode. And there was also a cosplay contest. It was a lot of fun. So I just have to say, however you can get there, y'all should go because it's a very very fun time. It's very interesting. There's something for everyone, young and old, whether you love comics, whether you barely know anything about comics, it's a fun place to be. 
and the cosplaying is great. So if you're a cosplayer, that is the place to go to. And in other news, there is a phenomenal animated movie that will be coming to Netflix on August 5th, and it is The Little Prince. And I had the opportunity to go to an advanced SIFA screening of The Little Prince this past Saturday and had a chance to listen to the Q&A with the director, Mark Osborne, as well as the writer, Bob Pachetti, and also the producer, Jinko Goto. And I just have to say, this movie is wonderful. It is a wonderful film. It utilizes 2D stop motion and 3D flawlessly. It is so great. It just goes to show that you can work outside of the studio system and create a wonderful film if you get talented people involved and if you hustle. The director, Mark Osborne, you may know him from such films as Kung Fu Panda, He and his team worked so hard to get this movie together, and they got it together, and it is amazing, and it is worth seeing. It's going to be playing in select theaters for sure in Los Angeles and New York. It remains to be seen if it will be playing anywhere else in the United States. If you live overseas, you probably have a better chance of seeing it in the theater, so check your local listings for that. But like I said, it will be on Netflix for everyone on August 5th. And you should watch it because it is great. If you're a fan of the book, as I am, you'll love it. If you've never read the book, you'll love it. If you hated the book, you'll love it. There were people in the theater that they never liked the story when they were kids. And they came up to Mark afterwards and said, this movie's fantastic. And I didn't even like the book. So it doesn't matter if you've read the book or you haven't read the book. It stands on its own, which is very impressive for a film because a lot of times... A lot of times, you know, books based on movies, you have to have all this prior knowledge. And to me, that's a sign of a a bad movie. If you have to go in already knowing everything before you even sit down and just watch it. And this film is just great. It's beautiful. It's well done. It's touching. It made me cry. It's a really good film. So I highly recommend watching it. And like I said, if it is playing in your city, go and watch it. Support good things support independent cinema and also another film coming out that i am super excited to go and see is laika's kubo and the two strings this movie looks rad it looks so amazing i'm really looking forward to it there are numerous screenings happening if you are in asifa and women in animation so check your inbox for those if you're not in asifa or women in animation join those organizations you can go to screenings too if they're not in your city go to the theater It will be playing in a theater near you. It looks amazing. Laika always creates really interesting, really well done films. This one, I am sure, is no exception. So make sure to support animation anywhere you can, especially during the summer months when awesome movies are being released. So there you have it. Your analysis of Comic-Con, The Little Prince, and Kubo and the Two Strings. I hope that everyone out there, if you got to go to Comic-Con, that you enjoyed yourselves. And I hope that everyone out there supports animation and supports these films because they look awesome. So without further ado, I am happy to present episode 23, Interview with Todd Favela, part one. And so you're from here, which I actually haven't met that many people that are from here. So what's it like growing up? up here and being surrounded by 
entertainment and animation and film all the time? I don't know. It's just, it's always been here. So I think I just, I'm just like normal. Like, I think because I grew up here, it's always, it's always been in my life. I grew up in Orange County. So like I'm from Disneyland kid. Like I was just in love with Disneyland. Like everything was like, oh, I got a report card. Can we go to Disneyland? And stuff like that. So like I grew up with Disney and then like my parents gave me like a really cool childhood. So it was always Disney Channel and then Nickelodeon had just started. So it had Rugrats and all other cool stuff. It's always been like a part of my life. There's always been cartoons. I've always been watching cartoons and then watching animated movies. Disneyland was like a 10 minute drive away. So we always went on the, like on the weekends. You know, I had a younger brother. He was into cartoons with cousins. We're always around. We're always watching like Dragon Ball or you know, Rugrats or Doug. You know, watching the same Disney movies like over and over again and then like I actually had a conversation with my mom a few months ago where I was like, I remember watching this movie all the time. What do you think? You just watch Christmas movies all the time? Because I was watching that for Christmas, like, repeatedly. And she's like, I thought that movie was super weird. <laughs> and you're like the weirdest kid in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom was, she was sitting there going, I don't know what's going to happen here. I hope everything turns out okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, was the, what was the movie? Do you remember what the movie was? Uh, the, Nightmare, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's such a weird movie. Yeah. That is a weird... That's... Yeah... I love the music. That movie actually bothers me. I remember watching it and going, this is upsetting. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I don't know, I really, I really love that movie, like, growing up. I saw it in theaters. Like, I saw, I saw all the Disney movies in theaters. I remember being little, like, sitting in a theater and seeing, like, Aladdin. Yeah. I think that's, like, my, my, my most vivid Disney movie. I think that's, like, that was, like, maybe my first Disney movie that I saw in theaters. I totally remember Cave of Wonders in the big screen. It was just, like, uh-huh. huge. I'm, like, Oh my god, like as a kid, and I like, just loved it and fell yeah. in love with it. So, what was the turning point when you went from, this is great, this is amazing, I love watching this too, wait a minute, they're actual men and women that are making this. I could be one of those people. When did that happen? It happened in college, because I went to college, I went to Cal State Fullerton. But I didn't go for animation. I was undeclared, leaning more towards psychology because I was, I mean, I still am. I really love the brain and how the brain works. So when I was in school, I was taking psychology classes and art classes because I still loved art. And I was just trying to figure out a way to put art into my life because I just, naturally, I just went to art and everyone told me, oh, you're like, you're an artist. You should do art. And I'm like, reading a book, okay. <laughs> like, like, I'm trying to figure out how brain plaque makes people have Alzheimer's. What's that deal? And I'm like thinking like, oh, how can I draw this? Like, how can I do like, cause I was leaning towards, leaning more towards medical illustration. So I was taking illustration classes. So eventually I majored in illustration and was taking psych as a minor and almost double majored later on. Like I was a Van Wilder. I was in college for like seven years. <laughs> So I was just like there like learning and just doing stuff and I was always like sitting in classes and then like I just it was like a turning point where I had quit my job. I was working I think I was working at Best Buy and I quit and there was a lull between jobs. You know, like the season had ended and I was like, Alright, well I'm just gonna hang out and just focus on school. And so in my free time I was just popping in DVDs of the Incredibles, you know, Transformers. 
and watching all the all the documentaries and like this is like really cool and then it just clicked this is a job and then right at the moment all right i'm gonna be i'm gonna work in animation and so i was like it was probably like three years into like me being in college i'm like all right i'm gonna be in animation and just made the jump oh wow so right <laughs> in middle of college we're like done we're done with this we're gonna do this instead yeah <laughs> so it was cool and it just that was probably the biggest turning point and just everything just made sense because I write stories and I write scripts and like I was make growing up I wrote comics and passed them to my friends and I was always making characters I was doing storylines you know, I was always drawing like characters and things that are more animated so I don't know why it took so long at least it happened like in my early twenties where I'm gonna do this you know not like later on in life and but that's go okay because you're it's you're not the only one I actually I've interviewed uh, two other people where they were also science majors. And that was their path, but they always loved art as well. And then it was like what would happen with you. Over time, they just realized, wait a minute, I'm going down this path, and this is a good path, but I really want to do this. And they ended up going back to school and doing animation instead. Yeah. So I have a feeling that this is a lot more common than people realize. Not everybody comes out of high school and goes, I'm gonna major in art, and then majors in art. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, mm -hmm. I've met a lot of people that engineers. It's a big one, like engineering. Yeah, they, I've I met a couple of engineers. Yeah, I just hated it, so, you know, like my passion was this, so yeah. I did it. I met someone who, I think they did construction, and they didn't like it, so they just learned Maya. They got hired at Disney, I'm like, that's a really cool story, I think. Mm -hmm. A ton of like a ton of different people. Some people have done auto mechanic drawers or something like that. They design cars and then they just start designing cars for cartoons. You know, cartoons they really need cars and people that know how to draw cars. No, <laughs> it's like there's certain things. Of, it's like hands and cars, or like the two things. Like learn how to draw those and you yes. can probably get a job. Yeah, yeah. Hands are hands are a big one. Hands, mm -hmm. cars, splatters. There's a lot. There's a lot of splats in cartoons and. Like destruction. If you nail down like cars and hands and splats or like something going from like perfect and pristine to covered in snot or food or like you know microwave explosion. Alright so you're in school and you decide you know what we're not doing this so you made the jump so what was that like? It was easier than I thought. Since I was studying anatomy I was learning fundamentals, I was learning perspective and I was learning how to draw people so when I made the jump, it was more learning the pipeline and how things work. You don't do everything at once. There's someone that does backgrounds. There's someone that does the animation. There's someone that does the design. There's someone that does props. There's someone that does color. Like every aspect of an animated movie or an animated show is done in parts. So like for a character, there's like three different people on a character or sometimes five. It goes from the creator who creates the character. And then it goes to the character designer who designs the character or like the lead character designer like does the roughs and works with the creator and they pass it off to the character designer and the character designer designs the character based on their sketches and based on their roughs and what they want out of the character. And then it goes to design cleanup and then from design cleanup it goes to color. Mm -hmm. And then from there it goes to animation. And what part of the pipeline do you want to be in? I wanted to be in props. I'm still, I'm still, I still work in props. Um, initially, I wanted to be a, a character designer. So initially, I wanted to be a character designer, and I started drawing props with these characters. And I just like drawing props more than characters. 
like I still enjoy character, like drawing you know people and people I come up with but it's just like there's something about you know designing like food and weird little gadgets that characters have that I enjoy more so I've pursued that you're the first prop designer that I've ever met and I've seen your site and it's really really good by the way and very well oh, designed and very clean and easy to recognize you do really good work do you have any words of wisdom I guess for like future prop designers out there or someone who might be thinking hey I didn't even know that this was a part of the industry you know you literally do have to design everything how do you get involved with that I would say like draw everything like draw shoes draw cars draw chairs draw you know if you have like amiibos or like a tv or a fireplace like draw everything you can because uh you're, you're gonna build up like a mental database of you know everything you're drawing and also draw like stuff in different stuff with different feelings draw a car and then like give it like a little bit more character do you have a car that's you know run down like who does this car belong to so start designing stuff that way say you have a car it's like a hatchback and it's like well who does the hatchback belong to it's like oh it's like a hot dog delivery car it's like is it cool hip jimmy john's hot dog delivery car or is it like one of those like hole in the wall like the stuffing's falling out and like the car's just like thrashed you know so like figure out like a little bit of story to put into like your designs and then go with that approach it like this is going to be a chair but who does this chair belong to so figure out who who the prop belongs to when you were in school did you decide to do prop design on your own or did you have a teacher that was doing that or did you just notice all the different designs and all the shows and movies you were watching and decide that's for me i kind of hoped there was a job like that i had no idea I'd heard, oh, prop designers do this, and then, like, go through, like, the credits, and, like, mostly it's, like, I think now it's, like, visual development. You don't necessarily have, like, the prop designer um, names, like, visual development artists, and they, like, put the artists down. But, yeah, like, I was, I was totally, like, hoping, like, I hope, like, there's a job where I can just draw breakfast or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, school kind of told you what was going on, but also the industry changes, like, so much that, like, Character design, prop design, like animation, like it's a lot different than it was 10 years ago. At the time of 10 years ago, it was a lot different than it was in the 90s and in the 80s. Like every, I feel like every like decade, it changes and like it just goes through like this an evolving medium. And it always is, it's always evolving. Like something animated from the 20s is going to look completely different than something animated in the 50s and so on and so forth. It's just really cool seeing the color that change comes about. And you're right, it's good to follow those changes too so that you know what the current trends are. Yeah. But also know that I heard somebody say once that what's current right now isn't actually current. It's what they came up with two or three years ago while they were developing the show. Yeah. So sometimes it's good not to necessarily be trying to emulate what's going on right now because the shows that are coming out they're going to be a lot different than what we're seeing right now. So it's good to always kind of be thinking, well, what's the next thing that's yeah. going to be coming after what's really popular right now? Yeah, definitely. Everything's evolving. I read the, have you read the Art of Vu? Pardon me? Have you read the Art of Vu? No, but I see it <laughs> on your shelf. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, it's, if you read the story and like, you see like how the show has gone from like the pilot to it is now and like the style and the whole process of that show just changed over the years, but still at the heart, it's still the same show. You can work and do things like that way that they did in the beginning, but over time, like things have changed and your styles have changed and 
their approach has changed. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really, really cool, like, how two years ago, yeah, like, you're saying, like, two years ago, like, you're doing something this way, but it's also, you know, switched. Mm-hmm. So I think at the core of it, just knowing how to, like, move things around in space really helps. I know, like, perspective is very scary, but I think perspective really helps you design stuff and gives you, like, a guide to move something at the bottom, move to the top, give you a side view. Like, knowing perspective really, really helps if you want to, like, adapt because you're going to be working and the styles are going to change and, like, nothing ever stays in the same style, even if it's on the same show. I think BuzzFeed had an article where, like, oh, cartoon characters from the pilot to the last oh, thing. Did yeah. you ever see that? I didn't see that, but I could picture that in my head, how that would be different. Because I think of... What I always think of, it's not the cartoon, but I think of the comic strip Garfield. Yeah. Because when I was a little kid, I, I had like 20 Garfield books. Mm-hmm. And I had like Garfield number like two and three. And he's very different yeah. compared to the 35th Garfield book. Because you're talking yeah. about almost a 20 year span of time. And he goes from being what looks like a pile of pudding mm-hmm. with paws to standing upright, kind of dancing around. Yeah. You know? So even... Yeah, everything just evolves and changes. Yeah. Styles are going to change, but if you can, like, draw and, like, you just know... If you know your craft in and out, it won't be a problem. I think a lot of people are afraid of that. What if I don't grab the style? Like, what if I don't do this? That's not the hard part. Of course, like, when when you got on production, like, there's going to be, like, a learning curve. But, like, learning curve happens, and then, like, you get taught stuff. You'll know, like, the little things that really sell the show and really sell the style that you're trying to emulate. It sounds like just having... Just solid draftsmanship skills. Yeah. If you have solid draftsmanship skills, you can learn the style. You'll yeah. eventually develop a style. But first, you just first you just have to know how to draw. You know, yeah. you just have to learn how to draw, and just learn how to draw well. And that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you have to draw like somebody else. But yes. people have to be able to identify, like what you said, what something is in space. Yes. And know how it's supposed to look, and not look at it and go that looks off why is that off yeah yeah so you're in school you decide prop designs for me you're looking at everything so how did you go from being in school to getting your first job what was that process like one of my friends leo i think he's a producer at titmouse now at our school we had if we're in illustration or any kind of art program we had to take an internship somewhere so i applied out everywhere like i sent my resume to every place you can imagine and I got some interviews, I got some stuff, and then I hit up Leo, I'm like, hey, like, do you guys need interns? Because I need an internship to graduate. He's like, yeah, sure, like, come in. And so I interviewed for the internship, and it went well. And I, I think I went on as a production intern, but since I knew how to draw, and they needed more help on the, on the art side, that production internship turned into a art internship. Which I guess is like kind of rare. I don't see a lot of art internships at studios. It's mostly like talent development, and so you get a lot of foot in doors happen like through talent development. But definitely like art internships and knowing stuff. If you can if you can grab an art internship, great. But also if you can grab a production internship, that's also like really beneficial because you get to learn how things work. Like before, like I didn't know how organized and how disorganized some productions can be, so. Everything's down to the science. Like it's a like animate like an animated show is like a living, breathing thing. There's things that work. There's a pipeline. There's how there's a method to how things get done. Yeah. So 
That's how I got my first job. I had an internship, which turned into a job through Titmouse. And how that went about was, I interned on China, Illinois. It was a, an adult swim show. And I was helping out clean up, and it was mostly like color work, but I was still like looking at the files and looking at how people work. And that's, a, that's the thing that you want to do as an intern, like take advantage of everything you can. And they had been helping me like learn their pipeline. So I was, I was very familiar with how their workflow was and how like, how they work on a show. So what happened was Turbo came to Titmouse and a lot of animators from China moved to Turbo. And then a lot of the cleanup animators from China moved to animation. So there was just like some spots opening up on the cleanup animation. So some people from layout, some people from backgrounds were moving to cleanup and I saw the opportunity. Well, there's a little more to it. I, uh, I was listening to Chris Utley's podcast oh, at I the time. His, I love his podcast so his, much. Yeah, he's great. I always, come, I always come out of that podcast thinking like, I can do anything. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Because, you know, you hear a story because he worked at Guitar Center for yeah. years and I think like six years, you know, and, but he would go home at lunch and paint and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Because at the time I was, I would always listen to him when I was in school. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be on the Cintiq at school and I'm just like, one day I'm going to make it just like Chris Oatley. One day. <laughs> That's that's kind of that's kind of what happens because I he would talk to my he would talk at my school but every time he talked I was always somewhere else like I was at work oh, or wow. and then like I was at Titmouse one day when he talked at my school so I was like ah oh, I missed him again I'm always recommending him to like everybody yeah. I meet I'm like like he listen comes to this to podcast CTN every year yes so you should if you get an opportunity you should go talk to him at CTN because he's very generous with his time and he's very nice yes and I was just like it's amazing I was just like thank you so much for being awesome and all the time just be like just just be cool be cool Angela don't don't freak out in front of this guy you know yeah he just so I it was like how to get a job in animation there's like mm-hmm. two steps the most obvious one was like, I think it was like ask for the job and I was listening to that right around the time that all this was going on so right. I was like okay I'm gonna ask for a job so I, I asked the I asked the producers, I'm like, hey, there's some spots opening up. Do you mind if I test for this? And they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead. So they gave me a test, and I actually didn't complete it. I was doing the test, and some in, like some intern stuff came up. I got maybe like halfway through it, but it was workable in, enough to like, show that I knew the program. I knew their I knew their I knew how they how they worked, like how to name files, how like to organize everything and the files so I got brought on you're like I think it was the same day they just Dave called me in he's like so we looked at your test and cool when can you start Monday and I was like oh yeah sure and I'm like I just I was just like wait no I can't like I graduate <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have a job wait wait a minute college okay. I'm like oh, yeah, I'm still in college <laughs> and luck, luckily like Fullerton will, like if you get a call if you get a job in and you're still going to Fullerton, like they'll work around you. Like they, oh, that's the fantastic. point of going to college is to get a job. So mm-hmm. they're not going to inhibit you from getting a job. They're just like, oh, you got a job? It's like, well, cool. That's what you came here for. Yeah, do your thing. Like we'll we'll figure we'll figure out like assignments and all that stuff. I don't even know if they still give you assignments. You have a job in industry, but it seems like that's like the ultimate like. See that's yeah. that's great because a lot of people they get jobs and they just end up having to quit. They're like, yeah. well, I got a job, so. Bye college. Yeah, <laughs> that's the end. It was like really, really crazy because like I just like I went to school and then like so well I talked to Dave. 
wait, no, like, I graduate. Like, can I come in, like, this thing? is like, yeah, sure, like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, just get that done and then just, you know, come oh, over yeah, here. Do, do this other thing that you've been working on for, you know, seven years. Yeah. Get it together. <laughs> and I almost, I almost skipped it. And then, like, my parents were like, no, like, you cannot skip this. You worked so hard for this. You cannot not graduate college. No, we're not having that. We're not having a dropout. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. So like I graduated, I did my ceremony and everyone's like, oh, like also like, what are you going to do? Like, you want to do like a, a trip? Like, want to go on a road trip? I'm like, like no, I, gotta I go can't. To... I got to go to work. <laughs> it's like, I got to work tomorrow. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's, like, that's exactly what happened. It's dinner and like, there's like a party and mm-hmm. you know, a like, graduation party. Like you go and oh, yeah. <laughs> you do your thing. And it's like, oh, like, so like, are you going to like enjoy your summer break? And it's like, yeah, I'm like, no, I got work. Which is not, it's just not like a bad complaint, you know? Right. No, because that's... Because most people, they graduate from college, what are you going to do? They're like, I don't know. Yeah. Now I have to look for work. What do I do? And you're like, I got this taken care of, guys. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. I just feel like really lucky. Like, I just... Almost like... I know everyone's like, no, no, you worked for this and got it. But I'm mm-hmm. just like, I just I just really feel like fortunate. Things just happen. It's mostly been timing. I think that's a, that's a good thing, like to take away it's like timing timing is kind of how you break in like when there's like a a new show that comes on that's when things open up if you're doing something else like in production or if you're looking to apply for a job when things start up that's the best time to apply because they're going to be looking for people and they're like they're building teams like it's almost like the avengers like you have you have your uh your nick fury looking for like their super team of like prop designers animators background people everything like they look at everyone's work and they see you know what they do naturally and they build like what's the best team for this production but you also put a lot of work into it yeah your friends were saying because yes you were fortunate and it was timing but the reason why you were fortunate and the timing worked out was you applied to applied to a lot of places and you reached out to people that you knew and i feel like sometimes people just think I'll just go online and apply on the internet and the internet will supply me with everything that I need. And sometimes that works. I do know people that have gotten jobs that way, but it's good if you know somebody too. Because if you hadn't called your friend and asked, is there a position I can apply for? You wouldn't have gotten that internship. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like knowing people and like just being friends with people when stuff pops up, it's usually friends that tell me first, hey, like this thing's opening up. Are you on a contract? I'm like, I actually am. Like, I can't, can't do it. Yeah, like the internet's great. Like, you can put your work out there, you can put yourself, you can market yourself. But uh, I think, I think it's just like an, like an old way of doing things, like just meeting people and going out to like CTN or, you know, art events or like even like local like places. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll meet people. Yeah. Like, I've met storyboarders just going to coffee shops. Because yeah. it's like, you go to coffee shops, you see someone else drawing, it's like, oh, I bet that they're doing the same thing that I'm yeah. doing, you know? They're, easy, they're easier to spot out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's so many of them. Like, yeah. some other cities, you might be the only person, but you come out to Burbank and Glendale, and there's like three or four other people, it's like, okay, they're, they're probably some, you know, in, either in the industry, want to be in the industry, or they're students, or they're illustrated, or something. Yeah. You go from school, you're now at Titmouse, it's going great. So then, how then did you transition? Because you started off, did you start off as a, like a cleanup animator? Yeah. Okay. So then how did, 
that lead you to becoming a prop designer? Well, I haven't really like done prop designs professionally. I've done it, I've done it a few times, and that's like the ultimate goal. Well, the ultimate goal, like I eventually would love to like okay. show run, mm-hmm. but I've I've done like a few props for some shows. Like I did like matches and some things on China, but they really needed animators. So I, was, I did clean up, and I I knew some animation principles, and just by doing like when you when you start working, you're like you're your level of getting things done like just skyrockets. So I was learning stuff and learning how to animate. And so right around when production was ending and like people were, their contracts were ending and going other places, you know, I was helping animate like keyframes. And then from there, some Nick shorts came to Titmouse. And so one of them was, it was called Space Face, but now it's called Face Face. So my, my friend at Titmouse, uh, Mike, he moved from storyboards to directing, so he directed that short, and like Mike and I got along. So he was like, "Oh, like what are you doing after China?" I'm like, "I don't know yet." It's like, "Oh, you should come on Face Face." So mm-hmm. I did lay out uh, some animation on that, and then from there, like when that ended, another short came to Titmouse, and it was like a Tim Heidecker thing. So they're like, "Hey, can you board?" I'm like, "Sure, yeah, I can." So. We did like these like rough boards because mm-hmm. he has a very like particular sense of humor, and I, I knew his work because I watched like the Tim and Eric show. So like I was like insert like putting his like his style of like telling jokes and stuff like that into the storyboards and giving them that. And once that was over, I went to Kingstar King, and I was doing cleanup animation on Kingstar King. I did some layout, and then from Kingstar, I moved to a Final Fantasy commercial. Mm-hmm. So they were doing like a 16-bit Final Fantasy animation. It was like super cool. It was like animating a video game. And so I got to do like some effects animation for that. All the swipes, the electricity, things like that. We got to animate the characters, which was really, really, really cool because they were like assets. So like the box cycles were just like little... <laughs> like kind of like... like yeah. So it was, you like, you know, pull stuff in, like, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, I mean, the game was like, oh, this is like really cool. Like, I'd love to do like a project yeah. with just like eight, like 16 bit characters. And it's like, now I know how to do like that stuff. So I'm like, oh, I should like totally do this. Yeah. And then from there, I went to Super Jail. And from Super Jail, I went to a, uh, it hasn't been announced yet, so I don't know if I can talk about it. Okay, nope. A Fox pilot for a Brad Neely show. And then from there, I got put on a Nick short, Minahunas. Mm-hmm. And so from, from going from production to production, since it was a smaller studio, I was able to like hop from one job to another. So I started off in cleanup animation and then I moved to animation and then I moved to like layout. And then there was a small project where I did uh, some character designs. So I did some character designs on that project and then did like some props on some small stuff. And then I mostly just animated from show to show to show or cleaned up animation. Okay. And because it was a smaller studio, did you have to test for each different project? Or was it more of, since people knew you and they knew your work, it was more, oh, Todd can do this. Hey, Todd, come on this new project. And then we were able just to just go to the next project. Yeah, it was more like that. Like, oh, Todd, like, you want to do this? I'm like, yeah. So they would just pull me on to the thing. So I never never really tested. Like, I think I did a... I did a, like a half test for China, but since then, like I haven't, I haven't really tested for a job. This has more been like my resume and then a link to my site. 
very manageable, so it's like easy like to see my work and click it and be like, okay, I see you do this, I see you do that. And I think also like I'm fairly easy to work with. Like if someone's like, hey, can you change this? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's not just like, no, it's just my vision. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, you're, you're paying me to do, like, to, you know, animate what you want me to animate, so yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Um, that's a really good quality to have. Because when, when you work, that's a big change of pace. There's a big change of pace in, like, what you output. Because in, in school, you'll work on an entire, sem- like, an entire semester on, like, you know, 30 seconds. And you'll probably do 30 seconds in a couple weeks, mm-hmm. depending on your shot or, like, like your quotas will be like five seconds of animation, like eight seconds of animation. It's like what? Like I do this like in the semester. <laughs> I gotta do it like this. But learning that and like learning like as as you start working, like your art directors or your directors will go onto your files and be like, it's like I think, I think the general term is called redlining. Okay. They like take a red line and draw over your stuff and be like, can you do this? Do this with this curve or like change the fingers to this or. Mm-hmm. This arc's kind of wonky. Do your hands with this arc and like this kind of timing. So working like that, it's not not really for everyone. Like some people are like, well, this is how I envisioned it, and there's usually like some working with in that situation. But for the most part, everyone's like, yeah, cool. It sounds like you're just good at being able to say, this is the director's vision. Somebody do the best version of their vision yeah. rather than no this is my vision it should be like this this it's is like, mine yeah cause it's like you're not the well, I think if you have like like a legitimate case and by that I mean if you can see hey but if we do it this way it looks smoother or yeah. it'll work out better maybe then that's a good thing to like discuss calmly yeah. <laughs> with your director but I think overall it's better you know if they want to change just make the change yeah Definitely. And then, uh, they're your boss. They mm-hmm. tell you what to do. When they tell you to do something, like, you're supposed to do it. That's right. just how you, this is how work is. <laughs> that's, that's how work is. You know, but, but that's a skill. That's, that's actually a skill. It's yeah. a skill that I feel like some people just know that, and then other people learn that, and then other people fight that. Yeah. And it sounds like you're more on the end of, this is how work works. Yeah. So this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, you can also, like, bring stuff to your director and address it. It's mm-hmm. not like your director's, like, I make the final call. I mean, they do, but mm-hmm. they also, like, listen to, like, things. Like, if you have, like, a solution to something, you're like, hey, why don't we just do this? And then, like, you can totally, like, save a lot of time and do that. Ultimately, it comes down to time. Animation is, is expensive. The more time you spend on something, the more money is being put into, like, a shot. So it's just, like, for me, I see that. And if I see something that can, like, save time or by catching something in the boards or mm-hmm. in animation that's hey that shouldn't be there that, that's an old model then I'll address it because we have like a final take and like the you know the creator and like the art director start seeing it and like what's going on here then you gotta send it back or you have to redo it and that mm-hmm. takes weeks it's better to catch things up, up front and then like let your directors know like hey this is this is off this is, this is an old model shoot which has happened sometimes on some shows I've been on like we had a character in a mask and like the mask he, they took off the mask a few shots ago like the, why the do they been, still yeah. yeah why do they still have this <laughs> and like, it's like oh yeah like yeah. we need to fix that so stuff like that I'm curious too did your training in psychology has that helped you out with working with people 
while you've been in the studio since you've been on different projects and you've worked with you know different teams and different directors has that training helped you figure out kind of how people are feeling and what they're thinking and then helped you deal with people better yeah a little bit I'm pretty sociable like really easy to get along with in general like meeting people and like I think it hasn't really having a background in psych doesn't really help but I think communicating like just communicating on my own part and knowing how to talk to people so that they don't feel threatened or mm-hmm. like you're mad at them or like this is I know it is this and you like talk about it mm-hmm. as opposed to you're doing this wrong here <laughs> yes <laughs> There's a, there's a, there's a nice, there's a natural way to go, you know, while you're working and I tend to take that, take that approach where it's, mm-hmm. here's a nicer way and here's like a, here's a way to explain it where they understand it. So getting people to understand something I think is, helps, I think that's what helped from my background in psych where it's mm-hmm. like, you have to get people to understand something. Then also like stress training. I took stress training from Ken Revisa. He's a sports psychologist. And his training was, we sat in his class and he's like, okay, so we're going to do this. Since so we meditated, we did yoga. It's like, all right, now this is how we get things done. Imagine your problem. You know, we're imagining it. And he's mm-hmm. like, he screams. He's like, that's how, that's how you relax. Like, that's how you're relaxing things. Like, you're supposed to scream internally. Okay. So he's like, I want you to imagine things going to hell. <laughs> you know, I'm using nicer words okay. than he uses. <laughs> so, he, uses. <laughs> so he's just the garbage has hit the fan, you know, <laughs> garbage is happening. This is what's going to happen. So it's just like, you missed the deadline. You also got fired. And then your cat figured out that you were broke. So your cat left. <laughs> and like, so you're just going through all, of, all the phases of just, you know, all the worst possible outcomes. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what's going on. And it's okay. Now remember this feeling because you felt this before. Like it's, this is not, this is not new. This is not new stuff. You felt this in high school. You remember that test? What was it about? And the point is, you don't remember what that thing is about. You just remember being stressed. So realize that your problem is probably not that big. It's a mental thing where it's like you don't have that problem coming up that is going to be like defi- like defining your life. It's just there's a problem and you need to address it. And so it was it was more like a sports thing where it's you're up to you're up to you're up to the plate. And the worst thing you can do is strike out. In fact, the worst thing you can do is strike out at every single game. Now imagine you're going to strike out at every single game. What's going to happen? Like you're going to you're going to hit free agency because your team's not going to want you. And lost your penthouse, lost all your stuff, lost your money, lost your investments. You know, mm-hmm. lost Wheaties. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so now that that's happened in your mind, like how would you have done that differently? And so, so this, this will happen. Everyone's had the pinwheel of death. Uh huh. Normally you're just like, ah, you like rage out. I'm just super calm about it. Okay, I can just redo the file. Or like it has autosave. The cloud has autosave now. I can just go back and I've already done it and made a mistake. So it's easy to go back and redo it. Or I'll just take a break. I'm like, oh, this thing's pinwheeling. So I'll just leave. And sometimes I've done that and stopped pinwheeling and fixed the problem corrected itself on the computer. It caught up to my speed of working and all right, cool. That solved itself. But I guess his thing was realize that your problems aren't bigger than they are and realize how you can tackle that problem and have the best outcome that is brilliant <laughs> everyone should take that class i strongly recommend him to everyone he trains i think evan longoria and mike trout 
Mike Trout's the superstar of the Angels, and it's like, oh, like this. So this is what goes through Mike's head. Wow. When did you take this class? Uh, I took it my last year of college. Was it at Cal State Fullerton? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, if anyone's going to Cal State Fullerton and listening to the podcast, I'd strongly recommend taking Ken. Wow. I mean, that's that's just that's just great for everybody because everyone has had those moments of just. Because I think that you're right. That is the thing. It's not always the thing. It's yeah. the fear of the thing. It's everything in my life will fall apart if X happens. And I like how you're saying, you know what? Let's just take that to its logical conclusion. It happened. Everything happened. Okay, now what are you going to do? Yeah. Just, just kind of think it through completely. And then you realize, oh, well, I guess I'll just have to do something else then. Yes. And also ask. Just ask for help. Mm-hmm. I think people forget that. Don't forget to ask for help because you never know. You can have a problem and be like, I'm struggling with this thing. And someone will be like, oh, just do this. And then it'll solve your problem. I think people are afraid to ask sometimes because yeah. I think they're, it's this thing of they feel like either they should already know or they're afraid they're going to look stupid. And yeah. they don't want to look stupid, so they don't ask, but then they make a bigger mistake because they just, if they had asked ahead of time, it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. I, I have no problem looking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll ask questions. Just, I don't know. I sound like the piano player from Tangled. <laughs> just like just six two. Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> I have a problem. It's like... We're very much not not that guy. And so I'm wondering, where does that... Is that just an internal thing for you? Are you just that comfortable with yourself to just know, hey, I know what I don't know, I'm just going to ask? Or did that come from just practice or just being on the job and working on different shows? You just learned, you know what? I'm just going to ask questions. I just ask questions. I don't know, just... I don't like being stuck on something. If mm-hmm. I can like ask someone, if I can ask someone, they're like, "Oh, just do this thing." It saves me a lot of time as mm-hmm. opposed to like struggling with something. So, I don't like struggling with my work. I just, mm-hmm. if I can find a solution, I'll find it. Okay. Like, either it's with people or I Google, or trial and error. Um, in college, I did a lot of trial and error, like uh, looking at, like watching Noman DVDs and like painting what they're painting, and then like looking at what I was painting, and then like taking the two side by side and like right. yeah that's not exactly what they painted <laughs> or like even like sculpting I'm like uh-huh. like what does this look like and it's like I see I'm like well never mind it's supposed <laughs> to be a face yeah it's like it's you're having <laughs> to rub your chin and squint it's like yeah, alright like, no, no it's not working work. <laughs> yeah. I, I do that like I'll I'll pass something off to somebody like mm-hmm. I'm always passing things off to like people that I know that you know they're blunt hey read this how is this character coming off uh huh and they're like, what's this for? Like, they'll read it and they're like, what's this for? Like, is this like a cartoon or is it like a movie? I'm like, okay, that's a big problem. And he's like, also, who's this character? Like, are they an adult or are they, how young are they? Or what's going on? Cool, let me reread this with that mentality. Or like, if I'm like working on design, I'm mm-hmm. like passing it to somebody. Hey, what's the problem with this design? Like something's not working. It's like, oh, this is out of perspective. And then like, show it. Like everyone I pass things off to, like they have permission, they, Total permission to work on my my stuff. See, that's like, good. You're actually asking for feedback, feedback, not yeah. the hey, take a look at this. And but what I'm really asking is, take a look at this and tell me how great I am. Yes. You're actually saying no. Take a look at this and tell me if this is working. Yeah. And if it's not, tell me why so I can fix it. That's actually like the good way of saying it. Like, 
is this working and why is it not? Mm-hmm. You know, and then listening to listening to advice and like taking it is also a big thing. And when we finished school, we had a portfolio review, and I got my portfolio reviewed by Chris Wimberly. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, yeah Chris is really cool. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. And he's like so like to the point, and like he just like knows how to like tell you mm-hmm. how like to be better. Yeah. Should I get into the story about? Yeah, yeah. tell the story. Okay. Yeah, tell the story. <laughs> So like, we had a sheet, and I saw him, and I'm like, oh, like, I want to know what he has to say about my work. So he looked at my stuff, and he's like, okay, what do you want to do? I want to do this. He's like, cool. Well, and he like, gave me a list of stuff that I needed to address in my portfolio. And a lot of it was like uh, toning and presentations. Like presentations like big, you know, have contrast, like have things pop out. When you have a design, you want it to like pop, and you want it to like mm-hmm. come out and do this. And I'm like, Sweet, and I wrote everything down. I had like a note, like I had a post it, and I put it in my sketchbook. And then I had like his information. Like he gave me his card, or no, he didn't give me his card. I think I wrote it down. I think he didn't have a card on him or something like that. Something happened where I had his contact information. I had it in a folder. Okay. And since I had just graduated and I was doing the LA commute and coming back and forth between like Orange County to like Hollywood and then going stuff, I just I somehow lost his contact information, but I still had his notes. So I was like, oh my god, like, what was this guy's name? I need to find him. So I, I like, looked through Instagram. I can't find him. And I lost a sheet. I'm like, oh, I can't find it. Oh, like, no. I was like, oh, like, who is this person? Because I, I meant to follow up with him. Because he's like, follow me in six months and let me see where you're at. You okay. know? So like, oh my god, like, I felt bad for like the longest time. Uh-huh. And then I was going through a pod- like, podcast and I saw the animation network. Like, oh, like, so I started listening. I'm like, this sounds familiar. And I looked at the, looked at the person like, uh-huh. oh, it's him. That's the guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like told like you know like told my friend told my brother and I'm like this guy reviewed my stuff and I had lots of stuff I hope he doesn't hate me because I didn't ever fall in love with him mm-hmm. and so like I emailed him and I'm like hey you might not remember me but like I you reviewed my work a while back I really took it to heart like I really like did this and like I'm working in the industry I'm doing this and doing that and we caught up we actually like exhibited at the same convention uh, yeah, yeah yeah over at Free and Alley yeah yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just really cool. Like, he sat behind me. I'm like, hey, like, I'm Todd. Like, do you remember me? He's like, yeah, I remember you. Like, uh-huh. I remember that day. And I was like, I was always wondering, like, you know, what happened to that guy? <laughs> and he's like, you did it. You made it. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, cool. Like, I, I don't know. It was, it was like a really, like, it was a really cool moment because, like, I got to, like, see someone that I got some really cool advice with that, like, really, really helped me. And then... I found that he has, like, this podcast, and, like, I'm listening to his podcast and listening to all the people, like, uh-huh. he's talking to, and, like, everyone's so different. Everyone's got, like, s- yeah. such a different story. It's, like, so cool. Now he has, like, the newsletter and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, dude, like, how do you do this? Because, you know, I have my Let's Draw With channel that I'm launching, okay. I think, tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk more about that then after this. He's got, like, so much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. He's, again, like, he just, like, t- like, you know, we had lunch, and he's, like, talk- talking about, like, how he gets things done, like we talk about his career and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he, he also looked at my portfolio again and he like going through it and he's like, cool, like this is gonna like read better. Like mm-hmm. you got my portfolio read better and mm-hmm. you give me some notes and like a lot of advice and actually I have to follow up with him. I've, I've been mean to, I've just been like so busy with like work and it's just like, ah, I'm really, really working and moving. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I really need to get back to this advice he gave me. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah he's Chris super, is. He's 
he's great. He's been super helpful. Like when yeah. I met him, I was like, hey, I'm starting a podcast. He's like, great. And so we were talking about that. He was giving me a lot of really good advice. And he was yeah. like, yeah, just just go for it and start it and do it. And let me know if you need any help with him. I'm like, oh, this is so <laughs> great. Yeah, like he's great. Cassie's great. Yeah. We've got like a whole team over there. So they're doing, they're doing really good stuff. I've kind of noticed recently, like Chris has changed my life. Chris Oatley, Chris Wimberly. Yeah. Like, oh. It's like anyone named Chris. <laughs> anyone named like, Chris. Hey. It's like, this is good. It's... Like, see me in a crowd, it's like hanging out with the Chris. It's like, oh, so how did you change his life? Like, oh. <laughs> what, did, what did you do today? Who, who did you influence for the better in this world? <laughs> that is yeah. fantastic. And so you mentioned you're starting your new channel. So let's talk about that. Your new drama channel. That is very exciting. So it's a, uh, like, I, I see like everyone has a podcast that works. And like, I'm trying, I'm trying it out, but I want to do something like a little different. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be uh Almost like a Let's Play. I, I love Let's Players. Like, do you watch Game Grumps or like Markiplier? Like I that? don't. So tell me yeah. what. Tell me more about that. So they, they just play games and talk while they play games. Okay. And it's like really entertaining. They have like funny stories and they talk about stuff. So I'm taking that concept and applying it to drawing. So like, it's like a, a loose idea where we're we're gonna have a a warm up weekend. Mm-hmm. So like. When you get on, I'll have like a like a specified time. I'll indicate it like on my Twitter or something like that. For the day, like it'll be like, oh, like the the weekend warm up is draw your own version of Pac Man. Okay. You know, almost like a sketch dailies, but more like just like a warm up and just come and hang out. Mm-hmm. Like turn the channel on, like you're having like background noise while you're drawing. Okay. And then like if you want to like participate, like you can, like it's it's gonna be on Twitch, so it's like a Twitch chat with people chiming in, being mm-hmm. like, talk about this or talk about that. So oh, I'll have nice. like a itinerary of things where it's I'm gonna warm up and draw this mm-hmm. and then like I'll be drawing as I'm talking on the Twitch channel or also I have some guests coming in that we're gonna talk about stuff where they work so almost like a podcast but it's okay. like a podcast TV channel okay that's and then, really cool well, how like, long have you has this been in the making <laughs> two years it's, it's more like just trouble like troubleshooting is it's been a pain honestly I have a database of videos that I might release when I'm going, like, like let's say I'm, like, I'm not available for a weekend, I can release a video, mm-hmm. and then have me talking over the video and talking about stuff. And it's going to be, like, it's not necessarily, like, about the industry, it'll just be, like, about animation in general. Like, I recently watched Pigeon Man, the Hey Arnold cartoon, where, like, he, like, talks to Pigeon Man. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't remember, I remember Hey Arnold, I don't remember the Pigeon Man episode. Oh, there's an episode where he, like... Talking to this pigeon guy who lives in the building, it's abandoned, and he just mm-hmm. has pigeons. And everyone's like, This guy's a weirdo. And like, Arnold goes up and like, He's like, I guess. And then like, talks to Pigeon Man, and like, learns all these like life lessons. Mm-hmm. But it's been like, that one episode has been like such a big influence on like the work I'm doing now. I'm like, Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I have like, I really want that feeling in like the stuff I do. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's more like, just learning just how things work. Yeah. So, and that's really useful. And I love watching YouTube videos. Like, I watch, um, like, Draw with Jazza and Will Terrell and Jake Parker, like, mm. all the time. Because it's not just, I mean, they teach you how to draw, but they also teach you how to think. Oh. You know, just good ways of just how to approach life, how to approach art your mentality about it, your motivation about it, and just knowing that it's like, it's a part of you, but it's not all of you, you yeah. know? And just 
realizing that it may take a while and that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to freak out if you didn't get the job right away, you know? It's like, yeah. it's a process. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that people forget. Live. You're going to come up with ideas, you know, living life. Like, if you're, if you're in your home and you're just drawing at home, you know, take a sketchbook. If you don't have a sketchbook, take trash bills and go somewhere. Like, I, I do that a lot. Like, I'll go to Disneyland and, like, just recharge. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those Disney nuts. Like, <laughs> I mean, I have Oswald on my shelf. Yeah. He's like, got a very yeah. awesome collection of Oswald looking ass <laughs> and an Oswald hat, which I, I approve. I think Oswald's great. So, good on you, man. Yeah, so, like, I just go to Disneyland and just... There's like so much history there and so much story and I listen to like the Disney podcast or like people talk about like the Haunted Mansion. Like the Haunted Mansion took like 20 years to make. What? Just because there's like so many like, so many problems that came up with building it. If you listen to the whole thing about the Haunted Mansion, it's just, it's, it's weird. Like it was supposed to be like a water ride. Oh, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Initially it was going to be a water ride. We ride and it was going to be like a museum of weird things and then like the... I don't know what the track's called, but the the track with the chairs had come out. It's like a World's Fair, so mm-hmm. Walt was like, I want that instead. So they brought it in, and like concepts were going like back and forth, or one designer wanted it to be like a scary, creepy haunted house, and the other one wanted like something very like fun and lively. Like, okay. like no, like this is Disney. We have to make it Disney fight. Yeah. So they found like a happy medium. Mm-hmm. Beginning of the ride was like a hanging person and like oh, scary stuff. Oh, that would be more, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that? Like going. I mean, only because that's not how it actually is, but I can't even imagine going to Disneyland, being super excited, going into this house and seeing a man being hanged. That'd be horrible. Well, having the elevator, like, when you're, like, going down, oh, it's like, oh, there are no oh. windows and no doors. Oh, and, like, God. <laughs> so no. And then it's just, like, it's like, there's always my way, and then, like, the lights, like, go... <laughs> Uh-huh. And it gets dark and there's a hanging person in the roof oh. and then like there's a scream like ah! oh. everyone screams because you know it's growing oh. up I'm like there's a window right there why don't you just leave out the window if you can get I'm that high I'm really glad they did not do that <laughs> well they, they did oh yeah oh, they... it's in the Haunted Mansion ride like right at the beginning there's a, there's a guy hanging yeah I don't see I was just on that ride I don't recall seeing a man hanging. I have to look more closely. Yeah, like right when you enter the, the thing and you go into the elevator with the portraits. Uh-huh. When the lights go out, if you look up, there's a person hanging. Oh, wow. Okay. Next time I go, I need to look. But actually, do they have that during the um, Nightmare Before Christmas, when Nightmare Before Christmas takes it over? Because that uh, was the last time that I'd been on the Haunted Mansion. Oh, no, they don't. It was during Nightmare Before Christmas. And before that, I hadn't been on the Haunted Mansion ride in about a decade. Okay. So, yeah, you probably maybe forgot, that yeah. absolves maybe that absolves me from not knowing that there's a dude hanging inside that ride. Yeah, wow. there's. Yeah, I think for Christmas they have Jack and Zero. Okay. And they're like Happy Holidays. Everyone. Yeah, because it was more like festive and fun, and everyone was singing and la la la. And I'm yeah. like, oh, this is interesting. So. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but but, but back to. We <laughs> <laughs> were just talking <laughs> about Disneyland. Just talking about Disneyland. It's like. No, but actually, you brought up a good point, because you talked about the Chris's that we know and love, and actually brings you up to mentors, because you've had, now, you've had people that have helped you, you know, how did they help you out? Teachers, or people at work, or just other podcasts, or YouTube channel stars, or just anybody else that you looked at them and thought, I want to emulate my career after these people. We've been like some 
everyone's so helpful in this industry. Like you, if you ask a question, though, they're not gonna like. No, I don't want to teach you how to draw. <laughs> <laughs> learn um, yourself. I had to learn. <laughs> like, you have to learn the hard like, way. Figure it out yourself. <laughs> I mean, sometimes if it's like you have to learn by doing, it's like just right. try it out. Like animated shorts. I think everyone should learn. Everyone should do an animated short just because. You learn things like you learn how things work, mm-hmm. and it's like a it's a giant learning curve. If you do a animated short which is eight seconds or thirty seconds, the time I recommend, you'll start learning. Man, it's a lot of work to figure out shortcuts and why some designs aren't period accurate. Well, I have to draw this over and over again. I can see why the hemming on the skirt is just a line and not this. this yeah, just super, super flowy, detailed flowy, yeah. thing. It's like, do not want to animate that for 30 <laughs> seconds. No, thank you. Yeah, I've seen like the, in Enchanted, they have Giselle's dress and it's uh-huh. 2D animated. I'm like, oh my god, this yeah. is so beautiful, but goodness. How long did that take? Best movie ever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that, was, that was a very, oh man, you want to talk about Taylor's <laughs> kiss, but I saw them the first... I love that whole movie. For the first 10 minutes, I was like, this is great. <laughs> this is so great. I am sold on this movie. This is so great. And the little deer is like, does he have to have nips? <laughs> oh, I love it. Asking for help is mm-hmm. just, I guess that's just how, like, that's how you evolve as an artist and you evolve as a person because you, you get over, like, if you're going to be an animator, or a designer, or a background artist, or, or even just, even in production, you have to get over asking people things. There's a lot of, anxiety with asking people stuff everyone feels it but if you don't get over that hurdle you're just gonna hold yourself back and i asked chris for some portfolio advice you know my portfolio wouldn't look the way it does now Mm -hmm. or have i not asked my teachers how you do things and like been more like just drawing it you know probably wouldn't click with me to you know do things a different way or you know talking to like the teachers that really really helped me out were the ones that I asked questions with and the ones that address the stuff with drawovers. So I recommend having someone draw over your work because when you start working, that's when it happens all the time. Right. Or they'll just do a post-it, do it like this and hand it to you. Because some teachers are very like verbal. I'm not feeling this. We need to communicate this a bit more. And then it's like, could you, you know, maybe draw on it? Since drawing is like a visual. So I feel like you learn a lot more if you're asking questions to like people that know stuff and right. also have them work on your work because you'll see what you're doing wrong quicker you won't be like guessing and doing stuff and handing it back and forth they mm-hmm. can just instead of passing a drawing back and forth five times you can hand them a drawing and then they're like no right here is the section that's weird like mm-hmm. it's tangenting it's bunching up it needs to be clear and they just draw on it like this so like for me doing stuff like that carries over so like when I do other stuff all right I can see where I made that mistake before and they already showed me how to do it so now I can approach it that way That's you know way to go about it. and then you build relationships with people like that when you really trust someone and especially if they're older like if you can talk to someone older than you and like tell them what you're going through and like what you're you're doing as an artist they've gone through it they've had jobs after job or like they've done project after project so they've seen everything and they can like help you out just point you in the right direction in general they like to like talk to you about your stuff how's it been since since that one thing like i remember that book i passed you and it's like oh yeah like i read it and i've been doing this Mm -hmm. like it helped me so much people like hearing that people like hearing that you helped them out 
you actually listened to them and took their yeah. advice. It's like, hey, I took your advice and you were right and I'm yeah. doing it and it's working. It's good. Not to be, have to be a downer, but like sometimes you give advice to like, I did conventions and I gave advice to like some people. I'm like, follow up with me in six months and like, we'll see what happens. And like, I don't necessarily like get everyone back. And I think Chris Oatley pointed this out. Like, if you're looking for a mentor or something like that, you don't look for a mentor. A mentor kind of like mentors you, like they take you under their wing, like you don't like go in there and like, hey, now I'm your mentor, like now I'm your protege. Yeah, now I'm your mentee. You <laughs> yeah. didn't know this, but you know now this, I'm but right now, here I'm all right here. the time. <laughs> There's a trend of like portfolio collecting, portfolio review collecting. You go from one person to another person, to another person, to another person. I feel like that's not necessarily, you're not necessarily learning. When so are that. they, when they're doing that, are they not taking people's advice? Or is it more of they're just trying to find advice they like? I think, I think that's, that's probably it. You're trying to find advice that you like and mm-hmm. then going with that. But I, I can't really speak for everyone. But I think the best way to do it, you know, meet someone and like, be like genuinely interested in them. And then like, if you have the question, like you can ask, I love your designs, blah, blah, blah. Like, do you mind looking at my work and seeing like what I'm doing wrong? Or like, mm-hmm. do you have a, you have a moment to like look at my work? Give me your opinion about, you know, what's working and what's not working in general. Like everybody, everybody, like, you know, everyone likes to help. So they'll help you out. And I think that's, that's a better way of like doing it with one person mm-hmm. as opposed to like 12 different people. Ah, uh, I see what you mean. I've seen that like uh, like CTN or like conventions where like WonderCon, where you, I'll see someone with a portfolio. I'm like, Oh, I wonder what their work is like. And I'll kind of like scooch over and like look. But I see, like, the same person going from, like, one artist to, like, the next artist and then, like, the next artist. Like, if, if you're looking for, like, someone to, like, really give you advice, like, on a constant level, take someone's advice, apply it, and then, and then you know. like, check back like, in with that person. Yeah. I feel like that's the, that's the best, best way to do it. Sounds like a better way. Because otherwise, I mean, I would think that the only other reason to do that is if you're just trying to see if what the person's telling you telling you is true yeah but i mean they're not lying to you <laughs> you know yeah. it's like they're not telling you this just to tell you that like they're giving you that information for a reason and also i, I would say this is me personally but i don't i do take people's advice and i apply it and stuff like that but i'm not like constantly checking in with them like every single day right like, i might like wait like a few weeks because i talk to people just to build relationships and you know mm-hmm. Have friends. Right. Yeah. Just, you know, just like, how are you? Yeah. I'm not just talking to you because I'm trying to get some, you know. Yeah, like I don't... I'm like, thank you for your advice, but this is actually just calling just, how are you? Yeah. How's it going? You know? I'll, I'll do that. I'm like, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's kind of weird, but I'm just like, oh. Yeah, I'm I just do like... that. I just, I mean, I'm the exact same way, so yeah. I don't think that's weird. I think it's like, hey, you're helping me, but you're also really cool, so just, how are you? How's it going? Here's how I've been. I don't have anything to show you today because I just wanted to say hi. Yeah. Hi. I mean, that's... Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, it's to like, me, that's just being friendly. Yeah, that's, that's the same thing. Like, yeah. I'm kind of like a talker. I can be, like, quiet. Like, I'll go to, like, quiet moments where, like, hey, I wonder what happened to... What happened to Todd? He like, hasn't posted anything in a while. I was like, oh, man, like, yeah. I've just been, like, super busy. Like, I got Fallout 4. But I Fallout 4... Jeez, that'll send you down the rabbit hole. No, for me, it's more like, because I do the, the same thing where it's, I'll post a lot of things online, but I found that sometimes you have a project that requires a lot of attention mm-hmm. and you realize it would actually be better if I didn't post this right away yeah. because 
I really need to work on it. Yeah. And so I'll post something in like two or three weeks. And it's like, here's what I've been doing for the past month. Yeah. You know, just in case you guys are wondering what happened to me. I'm terrible at that. I just, like, if I post something, it's been done for like six months. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just (laughs) trying to get better because there's a lot of artists I follow that post something every day. And I've noticed that their work was always good, but their work has gotten to be really good. And it's because they're constantly drawing and they're Mm. constantly working on something. So they constantly have something to show. And I feel like, you know, I would like to one day get to that point where I have the kind of discipline where I'm creating that level of work that I want to show people Here's what's going on. Yeah. But I feel like that that just takes time. Yeah. Which is time I could do, but you know, it just takes time. We never know. You can always just post stuff and just maybe you're already at that level because I I feel like <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like if you're always looking back at your work, you're always like, oh, what was I thinking? Yeah, you know? I I kind of waffle between the two because for me, like I'm still I'm working towards getting into industry, mm. and so it's more of I do want to post all the time, but I sure it's really good but then it's like what's what's really good you know that can also get you into a it's that this actually might be really good you won't know until you release it out into the world you know so it's just like let's just hold it a little bit closer squeaky wheel gets the oil yeah this is true that is very true And that concludes part one of my interview with Todd Favela. Special thanks to Todd for being such an amazing guest. And you'll be able to see all of his websites in the show notes as well as on the website. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to leave a review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show. And you can check out about the show on the website, www.theanimatedjourney.com. And while you're there, if you would like to support the show, you can click on the Donate PayPal button on the right-hand column. Every little bit helps me to keep the show up and running. And also, please make sure to support our sponsors, Amazon.com, Audible.com, Loot Crate, and Blueberry Podcast Hosting. When you click on those websites and go forth and do your regularly scheduled shopping, a little bit of money comes back to the show. And that helps me to keep everything up and running with website hosting fees, tech fees, all of those wonderful things that help me keep the show up and running. And again, thank you to everyone who has donated to the show and who has supported the sponsors. Your support of them supports me, and I really appreciate it. And as always, the animated journey is on all of your favorite social media sites. Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, If you want it, it is there. On Facebook, it's www.facebook.com slash The Animated Journey. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at Anim Journey. That's A-N-I-M Journey. And on Tumblr, it is www.theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And on those websites, not only do I post updates with the episodes, but... On Facebook and Twitter especially, I post news happening in the animation world. And also on Twitter and Instagram is where I was posting all of those photos from Comic-Con. So if you're interested in seeing photos from Comic-Con, you can check out those sites. And if you're curious to see what I have been up to, you can check out my websites, www.sketchysoul.com. On Twitter, it's at SketchySoul. 
on Instagram, it's at sketchy underscore soul. And on Tumblr, the website is www.sketchysoul.tumblr.com. So thank you again to everyone for listening. I appreciate it. And as always, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody.